Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Packers in Law. I am Jake, the Packer veteran, coming to you once again from snowy, cold Rochester, Minnesota. Not as cold as it was earlier, but still pretty cold. Uh, it's five days away from or five days away from Christmas. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, let's let's talk about those Packers and Bears, shall we? Um, so yeah, this this Packer game, with a couple of exceptions, I feel like it was peak or classic 2019 Packers. Uh, they got out to a big lead. Now this is a little different because it wasn't all in the first quarter. They did get two touchdowns in the second quarter. Or excuse me, second half, third quarter. And, you know, they are up 21-3. to three, And then it was hold on for dear life and hope we don't lose. Um, and, you know, once again, it just seems like the, the offense, whether it's the passing offense or the rushing offense, you know, just can't get it all going at the same time. Uh, for whatever reason, that just seems to be the curse this year. Um, I guess really today, neither one of it, neither neither uh, thing was going very well. I mean, so Rodgers was 16 of 33 for 203 uh, yards and one touchdown. Aaron Jones only had 13 carries for 51 yards. Man, 13 carries in the game where. The Packers were ahead in the third quarter by, you know, 18 points. Ugh, that, I don't like that. I don't like it very much at all. Um, I mean, I, I know Jamal Williams also had eight carries for 26 yards. I mean, Aaron Jones just had two touchdowns, which was nice. Uh, Devontae Adams, I guess, had a pretty nice game, 103 yards, one touchdown also. Nobody else had more than two catches, though, um, so not great there. But yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like either one thing's working very well or the other thing, but never both at the same time. And that's kind of what, you know, I guess I was reading uh, the Packer Insider Inbox, which you should all read. It's very interesting. Just like I say this a million times. But it's nice to get a um, take the temperature, if you will, of fans around the U.S. Even some part, I mean, there are people who run into that show from Israel, the Philippines, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, faraway places. Um, but they were saying that, you know, the fact that the Packers haven't really played a complete game yet in the mind of most fans, and the fact that they're 11-3 and three, while not having done that is more impressive than concerning. It means that the Packers ever do actually turn it on, you know, offensively and have a great running game and a great passing game in the same game somehow. I mean, the potential's there, folks. I'm not, you know... Yeah, the fact that they haven't done it is still a little concerning, at least in my mind. But boy, I mean, I don't know if they're just saving it for the playoffs. Let's hope so. Um, which, by the way, you know, I guess maybe that's why I showed that with. But Packers are back in the playoffs, everybody. Uh, it's it's been a while. Um, not since uh, 2015 have the have the Packers. Uh, or I'm excuse me, 2016. I should correct myself. Uh, 2016 since. Uh, the first season of Packers in law actually has been that long. Uh, the last two seasons have been rough, uh, especially after kind of the the up and down roller coaster, and then great finish to the 2016 season. But Packers are back in. Uh, they have clinched a playoff spot, so they will be going no matter what. They could lose both games, both remaining games in the season, and still they'll still make it. So, so yeah. And hopefully when they get there, they'll put, you know, both parts of the offense together and just cruise to uh, easy victories throughout. Um, that'd be nice. 
Uh, really, so, you know, I, I, I told, I said, you know, going into this game, the Packers need to, of course, be aware of the tight end. But really, it was the receivers who killed the Packers. I mean, Allen Robinson had seven catches for a 125. Anthony Miller had nine catches for 118 and a touchdown. Um, Tariq Cohen had seven catches out of the backfield. Really, the run defense played pretty well. I mean, Montgomery only had 39 yards rushing. Mitchell Trubisky was the second leading rusher at 29, then Cohen only had 28. So, And then uh, Cordero Passing got one you know, gadget handoff play and did nothing. Um so interesting, yeah, it was the wide receivers this time. And, you know, as much as I love Jair Alexander, I feel like he did not play his best game. And it, it, I guess it was kind of frustrating because it wasn't like his coverage was bad. At least to me, it didn't seem like it. But, man, you know, it just seemed like every big third down conversion they were throwing at him against Allen Robinson. Obviously, Allen Robinson has a, you know, a physicality and a size advantage over Jair. Um, and the Bears took full advantage. Also, another frustrating part of this game, as a fan watching, it seemed like the defense was usually doing pretty good like they would get the bears into third and seven plus i feel like most of the time and then on third down you know trubisky would just zing the ball between two defenders and get the first down and the driver continue i mean i didn't look up how many times that actually happened but it felt like it happened at least four or five times maybe more maybe that's all that actually happened hopefully but uh boy that, that was just it just seemed like it just happened over and over and over again um so definitely something there for the Packers to clean up on, defensively at least. Um, also, let's let's briefly talk. I, I wanted to briefly talk about that first penalty they called against the Bears on the play on Tremon Williams, um, and how the you know the refs called kick catch interference and that was not the right call. And a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Packers benefit. And yes, that was the wrong call. I have seen. Uh, some articles and such around saying that, you know, the guy's still leg with his helmet, which even if you hit him in the shoulder, you can't do that. So they could have called him for that anyway. Uh, so, you know, they, got, they called the wrong thing. He still did an illegal, you know, penalizable, is that a word, uh, act. So, I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, if, if you're feeling guilty, I guess, Packer fans, about starting the game out with a big break like that, feel less guilty now because the Bears still did something illegal. Um so another thing about this game that I, I didn't like, or parts of it that I didn't like, was I felt like the Packers had some questionable tactics, uh, especially at the end of the first half when it was 4th and 14, and uh, they are about midfield. You have Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, is widely recognized as the, and correctly I would say, as the king of the Hail Mary pass. You know, there's like, I don't know, teens, in, or like 9 seconds left or something. Like, why aren't you throwing a Hail Mary? Like, at least give yourself a chance. The Packers have no timeouts, and they try to go over the middle, and even if the receiver, I can't remember who was the receiver who didn't make the catch, but even if he catches it, the clock runs out. Um, you know, maybe they were trying to get a completion to end to half, so the Bears couldn't have a shot, but, um, yeah, not understanding why you wouldn't go for the Hail Mary in that situation, especially, like, if you get that Hail Mary, that's, you know, we saw it in, in the 2016 playoffs against the Giants. That is a... You know, but right before the half, that is a gut. That's a gut punch for the other team. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't try to go for that as much as you possibly could. Also, uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you know, it was third down. The Packers ran this play. Then they decided, oh hey, you know that guy that you know the Bears paid a lot of money and gave a lot of draft picks for, and who's pretty good. You know, kind of having a down season, but is still very, very good and you know, a young, talented player. 
Khalil Mack. Yeah, let's just not block him at all. Let's just let him, you know, skip across Lambeau Field directly at Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's just like, what? Like, I don't know if Rodgers called the wrong, you know, line blocking assignments or, you know, Brian Bulaga just, you know, did what he was supposed to do but didn't realize that Khalil Mack was out there still. Even though that's where he was up. I, I was very confused by all of that. Um, not sure why they decided to just let him run free on a third down uh, and, you know, totally disrupt the play. Uh, yeah, so that was also very confusing. Luckily, none of it ended up costing the Packers, though. Um, but let's, now, let's, of course, let's fast forward to the end here and talk about this this crazy lateral play the Bears ran. If you haven't rewatched it, I would highly encourage you to do so. Uh, go look up the Packer Bear game highlights on YouTube or find the specific highlight on YouTube. It's all on YouTube nowadays, of course. And uh, you'll see that, man, if if uh, if Horstead, uh, what's his name? Let me just look that up real quick here. If Jesper Horstead laterals the ball before Chandon Sullivan starts tackling him, he has, see, he has Allen Robinson behind him. I think it's Anthony Miller in front of him. And the closest guy there is Tremont Williams, and he's pretty far away. And I don't, you know, he's fast, but he's also 36, I think. Um, he's not the player he used to be. But, yeah, if he laterals it to Allen Robinson, I think the Bears score. And then, you know, geez, who, who knows what happens then because obviously they would still have to get a two-point conversion to tie the game. Um, but, boy, the Packers really dodged a bullet there. Um, also, there was a lot of – I was very confused about So when Horstead tried to lateral, you know, he I, – I, looking at the – I've watched the play like ten times. I can't tell if he actually lateraled it forward or if it went sideways and then it bounced because it – I mean, he laterals it, and it bounces off a Packer player's leg and then goes forward. I guess that regardless of which way the fumble went, because the fumble itself went forward, uh, the only person who can, you know, advance the ball at that point is the player who fumbled it, which will, of course, be Jesper Horsett, who at this point is on the ground in the arms of, you know, our dime back, Chandon Sullivan. Uh, so I guess, you know, because I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, because, you know, the ball rolled to like the one-yard line, and then Trump, Mom Williams, you know, alertly jumped on it and ended the play and the game. Um, but I guess the Packers really, you know, didn't need to worry about it. But I'm always, you know, I always say if there's like a questionable, you know, incomplete pass or, you know, you don't really know if it's fumble. I, I don't know why defensive coordinators don't tell the defenses to jump on every loose ball just in case. Because we, we've seen it. There have been many times where a turnover actually, like, happens. Like, they throw a pass, and a guy catches it, and then, you know, it's a bang-bang play, and it looks like it's incomplete, but then it turns out it was a fumble. But because nobody picked it up, you know, because defense, there was no clear recovery, they have to just mark it down at the spot where the ball stopped moving. So, um, yeah, smart by Tremont uh, just to, to make sure, make sure that the game was over. But, yeah, boy, the Bears probably should have scored in that play. So uh, definitely some uh, lateral play drills uh, or at least some pointers to go over this week for the Packers. Um, but in the end, as we said, Packers uh, end up being the Bears 21-13, to going to 11-3 on the season. Bears dropped to 7-7. and They are officially out of the playoffs this year. Um, so, And speaking of playoffs, we're going to spend a little time talking about that, uh, where the Packers are and what can happen and you know, crazy scenarios, which I kind of love uh, at this point. But real quick, of course, let's go around and, and see what everybody else in the NFC North did. Uh, the Vikings went to play the Chargers in San Diego. Unlike the Packers, they kicked the crap out of them, 39-10. to 10. 
Uh, so they go to two and four, and they are, of course, our opponent this Monday night, this coming Monday night uh, at the Metrodome. Metrodome, look at me, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, Bears, of course, we just talked about it. Lost to us, twenty-three to thirteen. They are now seven and seven, and they will play the Chiefs uh, on the last Sunday night football game of the year. Which, man, to end your season with a a pretty meaningless game. I mean, obviously the Chiefs need to win to keep pace in the AFC playoffs, but usually you want two teams like trying to fight. You know, both teams need something to play for. This is the game you would prefer to have, I'm sure. But yeah, we get this instead. Uh, and then, of course, the, the Lowly Lions uh, lost to Tampa Bay 38-17. to They're now 3-10-1, uh, and they will play next week at Denver. Uh, so let's talk about the playoff picture. So as I said, the Packers did clinch uh, a spot in the playoffs with the Bears, the win over the Bears. Uh, they're back after a two-year playoff hiatus. Again, they are, you know, they're in. Uh, like I said, even if they lose out, they lose to both the Vikings and then go to Detroit and lose to the Lions, they would still make the playoffs Granted, they would have a much worse seed than they have now. Uh, but, you know, that is in stone. The Packers will be in the postseason, you know, regardless of what have you. Uh, so the way it stands right now, the Packers are the two seed, uh, which was because of the Falcons beating the 49ers uh, last Sunday. And that really helped us out. Uh, that kind of put us back from the three seed to the, four, to the two seed, which, of course, you know, the two seed carries with it a first round playoff buy, which will be very nice to have at this time of year. Um, so the Packers can obviously end up in a bunch of places still. You know, they could still lose the division if they lose the last two games and the Vikings win the last two games. Uh, they can end up being a, the fifth or sixth seed, depending on how records shake out. So basically, they could, I think they could literally fall into any spot except for the fourth seed uh, because that's pretty much locked into whoever wins the NFC East. The, you know, Division where two seven and seven teams are scrapping it out for the division crown. Um, to get the one seed, you know, and therefore being able to play every game at home until the Super Bowl, uh, they would need the Rams, or excuse me, they would need the 49ers and the Seahawks to lose at least one of their final two games. Uh, both teams would have to lose at least one of their final two games. So the 49ers will play the Rams uh, this Saturday, actually. Um, uh, in, in a late game, and then they go and play at Seattle uh, in Week 17. And then the Seahawks uh, end the season with two home games, one against Arizona, one against the 49ers. So obviously, you know, you look at that, the most, I think the scenario we need to have happen is to get the one seed. Obviously, the Packers have to win out, so we have to take care of our own business. But then the 49ers need to lose to the Rams uh, on Saturday, which, you know, the 49ers... The Rams just beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, so uh, that could happen, I think. And then, you know, then the 49ers get mad and end the season with a win against the Seahawks. Therefore, each team going one and one, and the Packers could clinch that number one seed. Of course, if, you know, uh, basically they can't finish tied with Seattle or San Francisco, obviously, because San Francisco already beat us this season, and the uh, Seahawks have a better record against. Uh, common opponents. Uh, we, apparently, we've played four of the same teams this year. Uh, the Packers are f- two and two. The Seahawks are four and zero. Oh. Um, or at least I think that's how common opponents work. Basically, we just can't finish tied with them. Um, and the Packers can actually still win the division, even if they lose to uh, the, the excuse me the Vikings this weekend. Uh, as long as they beat Detroit in Week 17, um, who you know they're on their third string quarterback, they're not. They've basically lost a ton of games in a row. So yeah, even if we 
lose to the Vikings, which obviously would not be great. Uh, we would still win the division and hold on to that number three, uh, number three seed, which means we would play, you know, a home game. Obviously, you win the division, you get a home game wildcard weekend. But obviously, you know, best case scenario, we get the one seed. But even if we just, if the Packers just take care of their own business, don't have to worry about anything else going on, they would get a first round bye, which I think would be huge. So speaking of taking care of business, let's talk about those Minnesota Vikings that we're playing uh, this coming Monday night, December 23rd, two days before Christmas. Uh, you know, this is a it's a huge game under the bright lights. It's the last Monday night football game of the year. Uh, this seems much more fitting than the uh, Sunday night game I just talked about. But uh, interesting subplot for this game. The Packers, ever since the Vikings started playing at U.S. Bank Stadium, which I think has been two years now? Or since 2016, I think it opened in 2016. Um, they have yet to win there, which, you know, if you know their history about playing in the Metrodome, it seemed like the Packers never played very well there until Favre's later years, and then Rodgers, you know, actually won a bunch of games there as well. Um, but yeah, Packers have yet to win at U.S. Bank Stadium. Also, Kirk Cousins in his career is 0 and 8 on Monday Night Football. I know there's the whole thing about him being terrible in primetime, but I mean, that's, that's a pretty straightforward stat. I mean, the guy's never won. You know, in a primetime game on Monday night. So, you know, it's the classic, something's got to give. Either the Packers are going to break their, you know, finally get a win on U.S. Bank, or Kirk Cousins is finally going to win on Monday night. So, uh, interesting to see which of the two will happen. Uh, I think the biggest subplot to this game right now, or even maybe the main plot, besides all the playoff implications and the rivalry, of course, is that Dalvin Cook is probably not going to play. It was interesting. So, he got hurt in that Chargers game. He hurt his shoulder and I think maybe his chest. And after the game, they were talking to, um, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer about it, and he apparently he sounded optimistic that Dalvin Cook, especially with the extra day being a Monday night game, would be able to come back and play. And now, I think the list of them was out on the injury report. Uh, I'm recording this on Friday, so it's, you know, I wanted to see what the latest information was. And then I even read further that the Vikings might just decide to rest Dalvin Cook for the last two games of the year in anticipation of the playoffs. And I say anticipation because I'm confused a little bit with this strategy because the Vikings haven't clinched the playoff spot yet. If they lose out and the Rams win out, uh, the Rams would actually take that you know other seed, whatever seed the Vikings would have had, away from them. Um, so you know they're not in. Like if they were the Packers situation, I would say okay, I can understand maybe resting him because you know the Vikings unless they get, I guess they can move up to the third seed if they win out and we lose out, but. Uh, apparently I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just very confused, uh, you know, why they would rest him when they're still not in the playoffs. I mean, I get it. You want him to be healthy, but, you know, I guess he's already not going to play in this game. But, you know, maybe he could play against the Bears in, you know, Week 17. Maybe they don't think they need him to win. But this is a Vikings team that lost to the Bears 16-6, to you know, early in the season. So I don't know. That confuses me. But uh, that's obviously a big boom for the Packers. I think Dalvin Cook is clearly one of the best here running backs in the league. Uh, also a great receiver. Uh, he has burst. He has moves. He's got power. I mean, he's pretty much got it all. Uh, I like to watch a lot of uh, Colin Coward's stuff on YouTube, and he thinks that he might be the best running back in the NFL. I don't know if i go that far, but I would say he's probably top five. So if he can't play, obviously a big boon for us. Um going forward, especially if we end up, you know, if it ends up being that we have to play the Vikings, you know, the first week of the playoffs again. Um, maybe that's why they're resting him, because that's what the Vikings think is going to happen. Uh, other parts of this game, um, 
I think the Packers need to not get distracted by the Vikings' great receiver duo of Thielen and Diggs and forget about Kyle Rudolph. Um, he had a, Kyle Rudolph had a real bad start to the season, a real slow start. He's really picked it up of late, has made a couple of incredible one-handed catches uh, for touchdowns. Uh, he's a good player, and, you know, I'm going to beat the dead horse here. The Packers have not guarded tight ends very well at all uh, this season, and Rudolph is a good one. So, um, obviously, you know, don't leave players out on an island against Thielen or Diggs. They're both very, very, very good. But don't forget about Kyle Rudolph because he could be a sneaky, you know, if the Packers forget about it. I guarantee the Vikings have watched all the tape of all the tight ends who have torched us this year, and they are figuring out how to best utilize uh, Kyle Rudolph's receiving skills because he's got plenty of it. So, And then on the other side, uh, offensively, I think the key is you got to stop Daniel Hunter. I mean, that guy is just a beast. He's a beast. Uh, you know, he comes at you. He's got a ton of sacks over the last four years. Uh, he's got an incredible motor. Um, I don't know if the Vikings really move him around very much, but if he's matched up against Bakhtiari, uh, Bakhtiari's going to have his work cut out for him because that guy is very good. Also, uh, when the Packers are on offense, I think Aaron, the key for Aaron Rodgers, really something he'll try to do with his pre-snap adjustments, is he's always going to try to figure out what Harrison Smith is doing. Uh, this is a guy that this is a guy the Vikings move all around the field. You know, he comes up in the box, and you know sometimes he blitzes. He plays the run. Uh, he's also a great you know, safety, since that's what he does. Uh, he can, you know, trick quarterbacks, you know, bait quarterbacks into throwing interceptions. He's a very, he's a great player. Um, and I think, the, yeah, besides stopping Daniel Hunter, the key for the Packers and the key for Aaron Rodgers to have a successful game is to be able to accurately predict what he'll be doing at any given time. Um, and the chess match between the two of them I think will be very interesting. So then we come down to the big question. Do I think the Packers are going to win this game or not? Uh, I was talking to my dad earlier this week, and he is convinced the Packers will not win. Um, you know, and I, I, I totally understand the anxiety Packer fans are feeling about this game. It's Minnesota. We always seem to play, you know, not like it's always like it's always more of a relief that the Packers play well in Minnesota than, than I like. A, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. For me, it's at least it's always been like, okay, maybe it's because I grew up in Minnesota and, uh, you know, Anytime the Packers lost to the Vikings, it meant that I'd have to endure a day of uh, of teasing in in school. You know, people telling me Packers suck and blah blah blah. You know, it was rough, but uh, so that's why I was always relieved when the Packers played well in Minnesota. But you know, the Vikings are a good team. They got a great roster. They got a great coach. Um, I think it should be a great game. And I feel like the Packers. I'm I'm going to choose to believe at least the Packers have learned their lesson from the San Francisco game which was probably the last time that they had a chance to really like make a statement and take control of their destiny. Um, I think that they will seize this moment and that they will win this game maybe on a late Mason Crosby field goal. Uh, I'm going to say 20-17. to 17. That's, That feels right. Even though I know it's, you know, the Vikings have a great defense and the Packers, you know, have only allowed 16 points a game the last four games, I think, so... That's, that seems like it could happen. So I'm going to the Packers to win. Hopefully they do. And uh, they, you know, keep trucking down towards that one seed and we get some help. But uh, winning off of the two seed would be just fine as well. Uh, so that's the episode this week. As always, you can find every past, present, and future episode of Packers in Law at PacksWithFuture.com. It's a Packer fan site. Lots of cool stuff there. Go check it out. 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Packers and Law. You can email us packersandlaw@gmail.com if you want to ask a question or you know whatever. Uh, send it there. Who knows? He might, he might get on the show. Um, and I hope that everyone here has a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. You know, whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating. Uh, you know, see some family, eat some good food, or you know, maybe get some presents. Sounds good to me. Uh, and we will talk to you guys in the next one.